Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we're going to be delving deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. First up, I want to quickly thank our supporting partners who make the podcast possible. And this month, that's We Are One Composites and Psychology, and they've got some awesome offers for you. I'm a We Are One Composites fan. You probably already know that, but let me tell you why. They're a great bunch of people who've set out to do something different by providing high-quality, well-engineered carbon components from their base in Kamloops in Canada. Not imported from the other side of the planet, these things are designed and made on site. I'm running a Faction 29er front wheel paired up with a Union 275 on the rear, and they've been faultless. Providing a ride that's direct but not punishing, We Are One have found an awesome balance between stiffness and compliance by really understanding how to tune carbon layups. It's seriously impressive stuff. If you're looking for a set of carbon wheels from a brand who really cares about making the best products they can and looking after their customers from day one, then We Are One are the ones for you. What's more, as a downtime listener, you can get 15% off any wheel sets built with Onyx Vespa hubs and all rim-only products until the 31st of July by using the code VESPER15 at the checkout over on weareonecomposites.com. That's V-E-S-P-E-R-1-5, all uppercase, over at weareonecomposites.com. Psychology are a bike clothing brand based out of the northern beaches of Sydney, Australia, who've set up to do something a little different by creating bold designs that stand out from the crowd, allowing you to have a unique style out on the trails. Psychology are 100% sold on the fact that their designs aren't for everyone, but if you're looking for something different from the regular offerings, then you should definitely check them out. Psychology decided to be a direct-to-customer brand, and as a result, the quality you get for the price you pay is incredible. I can vouch for the fact that the quality of the products is great. I've had the pleasure of riding in their short-sleeve mountain bike jersey, and the material is really light and soft, and it feels awesome next to the skin. The mountain bike shorts are well-featured, lightweight, and are made of a soft, stretchy material with an awesome cut. With a generous offer that Psychology are giving to downtime listeners, you could get that combo delivered to your door for just £84. There's a full range of quality road riding gear to choose from and a big women's range too. Head over to psychologygear.co.uk, that's psychology spelled C-Y-C-O-L-O-G-Y, and check out what they have to offer. By using the code DOWNTIME20 at the checkout, you'll get 20% off everything until the 5th of July. That's DOWNTIME, all uppercase, followed by the number 20. There's a very clever online sizing app to help you choose the right size, free shipping for all orders over £25, and 90-day money-back returns too, so you can order with no worries. Head over to psychologygear.co.uk now. The second issue of our print project, Downtime EP, is now available. Packed full of great writing and amazing photography from Mountain Biking's Best, it takes some of the topics and guests from the podcast and takes them into something beautiful to read and cherish. You can get your copy or an annual subscription over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. There's buttons to help you get that done over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Merch is available if you want to support the show. That's all over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. All the links you need for all of this are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. You can get in touch and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook by heading to at downtimepodcast. It's lovely to hear from you there. All right, today I'm joined by Louise Anna Ferguson, a Scottish-born, Queenstown-based rider who's been quietly getting on with riding a bike insanely well across multiple disciplines. 2022 is a huge year for Louise Anna, where she's already taken part in Red Bull Formation, taken a top 20 in her first EWS, and fourth place in Gang World Cup at her second ever World Cup race after missing a day of practice. We sat down in the Tweed Valley to chat about her story so far, her experience in New Zealand, at Red Bull Formation, and her plans for the future. With riders like this around, the future is very bright. So, without further ado, here's Louise Anna Ferguson. Louise Anna Ferguson, welcome to the Downtime Podcast, and uh, thanks for welcoming me into your lovely accommodation here in uh, in the Tweed Valley. It's pretty good, eh? Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. This is really cool. Yeah. Nice spot, a nice spot indeed. And we've just had a little bit of lunch in the cafe and uh, had a chat with some of the other team riders, which has been real good fun. But let's um, let's start where we start a lot of these episodes and wind the clock back, which is not too far for you, I guess. But um, tell us a little bit about how mountain bikes came into your life because you weren't kind of into mountain biking from a super young age, right? And um, no, so I, I grew up with a few brothers, and we always we learned to ride bikes. Um, but I wouldn't say it was mountain biking. Uh-huh. We just cruised right in front of our house, and yeah, it wasn't until um, it was after I left school actually. Um, some of my good friends got me into mountain biking, and it kind of went from there. 
Sweet. Did you grow up in Fort William? Is that right? Yeah, I went to Lock Harbour High School okay. in Fort William. Yeah. And um, I'm just really lucky, actually, because the mountain biking there is um, awesome. And yeah. yeah, and when I discovered it, it kind of changed my life. So a lot of my decisions from there on just kind of revolved around mountain biking. Sweet. And yeah, then everything since then has just kind of taken me across the world and stuff. And it's yeah, been... okay. we'll get through all that for sure. There's some exciting stuff to chat about. Were you aware of the mountain biking then because of the World Cup coming to town, like as a kid? Yeah, so uh, at Lock Abra High School, you get free World Cup tickets. Uh-huh. Um, so they give some to the school. And then, yeah, so a lot of the school kids... Um, in Fort William actually go to the World Cup from a young oh, yeah. age. So that's always on the Friday. There's like coach loads of school kids coming around getting free stickers. That was you like however many years ago, right? Yeah. And they, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy because I think it's brought so many more people into mountain biking yeah. and the West Highland Wheelers as well. The uh-huh. local bike club has just been so inspiring. So I've kind of, yeah, since I left Fort William, I've seen it grow even bigger. And we actually did like a huge trip out to Meg Avalanche, like a whole bunch of us, which was like... Yeah, it was really good. From Fort William, from the club? Or? <laughs> well, I was just that a lot of the club decided to go to France and then I kind of like, want, oh, I always wanted to do Meg Avalanche as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's quite a lot of like um, Al McLennan and uh-huh. Steve and stuff. Like some of the locals just like work so hard, like just to bring everyone together and it's really nice. Nice. So yeah, I kind of like, my friends got me into mountain biking and we did the British like Bucks, like British universities. Yeah, um, yeah race down in Innerleafen, I think. They kind of talked me into it and then I had so much fun. Um, so I just decided that I was going to do some of the local races. And then... Um, so that was your first race, was it? The, the university champs? Yeah, we yeah we just went along to that. Sweet. <laughs> it was good. Uh, and then the Scottish Enduro Series as well. Yeah. That brought like, yeah, brought a lot of people together and yeah, started doing the Enduros and the SDAs and then kind of just got hooked. Um but yeah, the riding in Fort William is kind of unique. I was going to say, not the easiest place to learn to ride a bike, right? It's either really steep or really boggy or really rocky. There's not much kind of in, in between. between. There's no easy trails, right? <laughs> nah, it's pretty specific. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's maybe it was difficult, I think, as a beginner. And then as soon as you start to figure it out, it just became like one of the coolest playgrounds. So yeah, there's heaps of like naturals around about the place which are really good yeah and then yeah even now i think that's like my go-to if i could go ride anywhere i just want to yeah go back to fort william and ride some of the naturals sweet yeah so. i guess it teaches you like you're sort of in at the deep end right there's no messing you you've got to learn to ride the steep gnarly stuff from the get-go around there yeah and the ground's really soft though so it's quite nice and forgiving <laughs> yeah. apart from the world cup track but yeah yeah so i think the world cup track's just like this thing by itself it's like it's super long and rocky and that but there's nothing else really like that around about fort william yeah there's like heaps of riding um and we mentioned earlier there's not actually that, like that many jumps mm-hmm. so yeah definitely learn like feel more comfortable and like steeper technical stuff yeah and then the jumps were kind of like yeah well i guess that's why mountain biking's so good so there's always something to go and like kind of progress on and learn and that kind of thing for sure yeah Mm -hmm. and you you got like pretty stuck into the racing there was an incredible well there still is an incredibly strong race scene like you say with all the sdas and everything going on up there that must have been a big part of getting you involved and getting you progressing in the sport i guess yeah it definitely started things off like um yeah i guess like i don't know i guess a, a lot of people actually don't race um there's probably like a huge community of riders in Fort William, but like not that many people race, but it does bring you on so quickly when you do race and then you get to meet people from all all over Scotland and they've got different kinds of trails and riding and that kind of thing. So you end up going away on bike trips and then we did some down to Wales as well, which were really cool Uh in the Lake District. And then, yeah, it kind of just made you realise like there's so much out there and then going to France as well. Sweet. Yeah. Are, you, are you like a naturally competitive person? Were you were you racing because you wanted to win, or were you racing for the the experience? Does that make sense? Mm, I don't. I don't think I'm com- like. I don't think I'm competitive. I like. I definitely started out because my friends were racing, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of dragged me along to one. And then what happened was we, we became like competitive against each other. So then at each race and every stage we were trying to figure out who was going to be quickest or whatever, but I wasn't there to win. Okay. I wasn't trying to beat everyone else, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just a bit of banter, I think. And then it's progressed into 
like a really good way to meet new people. And then, yeah, I guess now I like really like racing for what it is. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's nice to, it, it's rare, I think, to meet people that do it more for the, the fun and the experience and for what it is than for the, like, I want to beat everyone kind of thing. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I was more like that, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's just riding bikes at the end of the day. And yeah, definitely you get a good feeling when you ride well, but I feel like I ride my best when I'm most like relaxed or having fun and yeah, yeah I'm more of a chiller. Cool. Like, yeah. And who, yeah. like, where were your influences coming from back in those early days? Like we, you, we, you mentioned before the chat that you're not necessarily like a massive bike nerd. Were you consuming kind of mountain bike media at the time or were you just doing it? Do you know what I mean? Just riding. Yeah. Just riding. And then I think, I was lucky because there's a lot of local um, people in Fort William who are really inspiring. So, yeah, in the mountain bike club and then the Dudes of Hazard. Yeah, yeah. Like made a lot of the local tracks. So I'd just, yeah, kind of follow them on social media and like ride the stuff they were riding. And then like, like it's quite a good game if you watch one of their videos, try and figure out where that bit of track was. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of the tracks look the same. So it's kind of... Yeah, lots of muddy ruts. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is good, eh? And they're also nice too. So I think that was like, yeah, probably one of the biggest things that brought on my riding. Yeah. And I didn't, I had social media, but it's actually quite, it was quite hard to find female role models. Okay. So I don't actually think I got inspired by a lot of women, but not because they're not inspiring, just because I didn't, I wasn't exposed to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was actually, Rachel Afrin would have been one of them mm-hmm. that I like looked up to for sure. Yeah. Um. How many years yeah. ago we talk? We talking like four or five years ago here. I'm just trying to th- like put that in context of how things have progressed with Instagram and the um, women's scene. Yeah, I feel like it's taken off so much by now. But yeah, there's heaps on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. But when did I? It gotten would have been 2014. I got into riding okay. and then started racing and stuff a few years okay. into that. And then yeah. So we're like eight years ago, say, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And now I feel like when I go on social media, it's like almost 50-50, at least on my feed anyway. Uh-huh. Well, it's good to hear. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. And I get inspired by men and women, which is yeah. cool. So, Sweet. That's yeah. awesome. And you, from very early days, it seemed, you were kind of, you weren't necessarily just focusing on one discipline. You were racing enduro, downhill. I think you even did a bit of four-cross, yeah? Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, so because I think the way I got into it with friends and stuff, we started like competing with each other, like the enduros and the downhill and that. But um, yeah, I was just happy to give anything a go. Like I think maybe when you start from a young age, you kind of like go through that phase of figuring out what you exactly where you want to ride. But yeah, I think I get the most out of just riding my bike in loads of different like environments. Yeah. So yeah, definitely froth riding one thing at the weekend and then yeah, the next day going to something completely different uh-huh. and, so yeah and in parallel to this racing and like getting into it you're studying what what did you study at university um tourism management uh, okay yeah. interesting yeah so I was kind of left school and I felt like I should like do something with my life <laughs> <laughs> but that was when I like I started getting into like mountain biking as well so I was trying to I actually rode a lot when I was studying and I did a lot of stuff online as well yeah so it was quite a nice balance being able to ride, work and study. Uh-huh. And then when I finished university, that's when I was actually a really good friend of mine, um, Tommy Wilkinson. Oh yeah, I know Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a legend. Eh? Yeah. So he was a big inspiration for me as well. And he, he was the one that convinced me to go to New Zealand. Uh-huh. So he'd been there before and we, yeah. yeah, I was riding for his team at the time and I was just trying to work out what I should do. And he, yeah, he just sold it to me. <laughs> Gee, I was going to ask about that. So, yeah, what's going on in your head then? You've got obviously you've got your studies in the tourism side of things going on. You've got this force that all of us feel at some point, like I need to do <laughs> something with my life in inverted commas. And you've got the riding, which you're obviously loving. Yeah. Like, w- did you have a feeling for how you saw things panning out? Did you have like a goal or like, you know, a career in mind? What were you thinking? Yeah, I think I, I think if I could go back and tell myself now, nah, I should have thought that like I should have believed that riding was an option for uh-huh. like doing it full time in whatever capacity because I loved it so much but I think instead I like rode all the time and then just decided that well I just had to do a job really right to survive and um and yeah and part of me wanted to use my degree but that was more of like a long-term goal of yeah. like 
I'll do that and then I can go and ride my bike. Okay. And yeah, so when I finish and chat to Tommy and stuff, I just, I was like, I'm just going to go to New Zealand and ride my bike. (laughs) I'm just going to commit. And that just tied in nicely with COVID. So. Right. Yeah. So you you, you went to, you went to Queenstown, right? To do a season. Yeah. That was the initial plan. Do a bike season. Yeah. yeah. And just, um, yeah, I was blown away. Like Queenstown's incredible. Like loads of different types of riding and like, like like-minded people and like the weather's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, it was a shock, like seeing, like getting to ride my bike so much. Um, and their summer season's a lot longer. Uh-huh. So it just kind of like gave me a chance to just fully embrace riding bikes. Um, I started working in the bike park. Okay. Yeah. And Were you a lifty? Is that right? Yeah. Skyline, yeah. Skyline basically goes um, from the town itself, Queenstown, like mm-hmm. straight up one of the steepest hills. And then all the track, like a lot of the tracks come down from there. So I was a lifty at Skyline. And then we did like a normal day would be like lifting bikes for a few hours and then digging for a few hours and we uh. just do that all day and then when we finish we get the last lift up and then go for a ride nice. like yeah so that sounds like a pretty good job to me uh-huh yeah <laughs> it was really nice I like yeah I just like I think it was well I I figured out that I actually just wanted to ride bikes and yeah, okay. kind of be involved in the bike industry and realize like all the like all the main people in my life I met through riding, so it was quite an eye opener then, right? Yeah, and I think I'd like subconsciously been choosing stuff because of riding bikes, but then when I got to Queenstown, I realised that actually, like, it is everything. So yeah, I just do that. So that was like a real mindset shift for you then to really be like, okay, I'm going bikes. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be yeah, um, and then yeah, so I was there for a few months. Riding bikes in Queenstown and yeah. then, yeah, the COVID happened and they n- announced a lockdown. So you're stuck in, in Queenstown. So they gave us like, <laughs> I can't remember, I can't remember if it was 24 hours or like a day, but it wasn't long just to like, if like New Zealand's gone into lockdown, so you're either staying or you're leaving. Yeah. So I started looking at flights and stuff and was trying to like work it out and yeah, I just ended up staying and it was probably a blessing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet. Yeah, I just felt like, I think... I was a bit stressed because I felt like I should go home because okay. I'm not I'm not Kiwi. But um, as soon as I kind of made the decision to stay, it was like oh, suddenly like just relax. And we went into this lockdown, and yeah, the yeah New Zealand did it really strict but really well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was quite thankful to be there, and my family was just happy. They were like, yeah, just stay. It's obviously a lot safer. Like they didn't want me to try and like get back. Yeah. But um, even if I had been able to book a flight, I couldn't because immigration had my passport and they actually lost it. No way. So yeah, I was like on the phone to them, like trying to get it back. And they were just like, uh, yeah, we don't know where it is. So yeah, so Class. I was trying to get like temporary one. And then I realized it would be a lot more stressful, like trying to get back and then yeah. getting stuck halfway. So probably better off staying in New Zealand. And then, yeah. And all kind of like became normal really fast. Like... I rode my bike heaps during lockdown. Yeah. Like you're allowed to go out and do exercise and stuff. So yeah, we just cruised from the house and did like really mellow things. And then, That's yeah. So cool. Yeah. Your riding must have come on heaps, right? Because the, the, the riding in Queenstown, I mean, I've, I've not had the chance to take part myself, unfortunately, but seen a lot of videos and stuff. Like you've got everything, right? From like mellow flow stuff to huge jumps to steep gnarly downhills, like everything's there and, and it's lift accessed and yeah. the weather's good. Like you must, you must've made a lot of progression, I guess. We're super lucky. Yeah. In Queenstown. I think, um, it was only when I was actually talking to people back home that I realized like how much you actually get to ride, like the difference, like there's a little, like a lot of different types of riding, but yeah, back home, I think in, Scotland, I'd, you'd ride a few hours a week and you'd feel like, yeah, I had a good week Done riding well. bikes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in Queenstown, like there's so many people there to ride. So if you weren't riding after work, then it kind of felt like you're like, what were you doing? So okay. then you end up riding like heaps. Yeah. And yeah, because the weather's so good as well. It's like makes it a lot easier. And the gondola, I'm not going to lie. It's like my favorite place to ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And like, um, yeah, there's a lot of people in Queenstown who like pedal heaps and yeah um yeah and the level well I guess the level in Queenstown is super high as well like the the standard of riding bikes is through the roof yeah um but yeah I just mainly stick to the gondola when I yeah 
and then sometimes go for like a few pedals and stuff. Very but, nice. Yeah. And has it been hard to make ends meet? Because obviously the tourism side of things, which Queenstown sort of thrives off, has faded away a bit through COVID as a lot of people haven't been allowed into the country. And have you? How have you managed to kind of keep yourself going and fund your your lifestyle over there, I guess? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, Queenstown's definitely changed a lot. So it got heaps quieter. Uh-huh. Like after the first lockdown, a lot of people went home. Um, so I think they're crying out for workers now, but I changed, I changed my job. So I started, um, laboring. Uh-huh. Um, there was a guy I met at the bike park, um, Dave, who is a Tyler. So he was like, I'll oh, come work for me. You can do some laboring. Like I'll yeah. be sweet. We'll just, yeah, I'll just hang about or whatever and try and help him out. Uh-huh. And then it's kind of progressed into me tiling. And yeah, so I didn't realise, yeah, I didn't realise how much I'd actually enjoy it. And then <laughs> it just started like, yeah, I started learning as I was like labouring, just watching him work and stuff and watching other people work and kind of figuring it all out. Sweet. Yeah, and now I'm like, it's actually really good. It's kind of satisfying like trail digging. Like yeah, okay. you can stand back at the end and you're like, oh yeah, I did a good job and that. So yeah, yeah. and he's really flexible because he's a map biker. So I just work. Like if I started early, I'd finish early and then I can go ride and stuff. So yeah, it was kind of like, um, not a planned like career path, but uh, it's actually worked out really well. Yeah. Well, so, if you're enjoying it and it's, uh, paying the bills then. Yeah. It's actually, yeah, really well, way better pay. <laughs> yeah. A <laughs> yeah, lot better pay. Yeah, get paid pretty well out there, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge market, I think, because they're always building. Yeah. So they're always crying out for workers and like... Yeah, and a lot of the builders around are actually mountain bikers as well. Yeah. So um, it's not as chatty. So when I worked on the gondola, I just talked to people like 24-7, just like lifting bikes and stuff, Uh asking them how their day was and things, and it was really nice. I think when I moved to Queenstown, it was like probably the best job I could have got because I just got to know all the local riders. you meet everyone straight away pretty much, I guess. Yeah, and you've got like instantly people to ride with after work and... Yeah. And also everyone's there having a good time. So you never catch people. If someone's having a bad day, they do like a run and then they're sweet again. So yeah. it was actually quite nice. Um, yeah, a really good job. And I enjoyed the trail digging as well. So it was nice doing that. But yeah, Thailand's just, yeah, it's very like um, individual as well. Uh-huh. So it's nice, like progressing at something and like building your skills. Yeah. Yeah, I so. guess it's something different to riding as well, right? It's a nice, like... Nice balance. Yeah, nice to have something different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, now I've, I really like it, but I um, it allowed me to save up as well for coming overseas. So, yeah, so that's also a bonus. <laughs> Good stuff. And you've picked up a little bit of support in the time you've been over there, right? You've got iLab behind you and more recently Newtproof. Like, tell yeah. us a little bit about how those opportunities came your way or did you go seek them? Like, how did that all happen? Yeah, so I did send a few emails out and try and reach out to a few brands, but I'm just really lucky that um, iLab and Nookproof kind of like just were really interested. So they're, and iLab is a like local New Zealand brand, Mm -hmm. but they're trying to go international. So my plans kind of aligned with theirs that they want to go overseas. And so I feel like we've got like quite a good partnership and they're really happy to support like anything like I want to do with like uh, women's camps mm-hmm. and just growing the space for other people. So yeah. yeah, it was, that was, yeah. When they said they were keen to like work together, it was, I was pumped. And then that kind of led on to, I was chatting to Proof and stuff and yeah, they're everyone at Proof is so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> we just get on so well. It's been, yeah, it's been dreamy actually. Yeah. So that's sweet. So did you, did you pitch the brands? Like here's, here's my plan. This is what I want to do. Like, here's how I can help or like, how did that work? Um, come about uh good question I yeah I just sent a few I just sent a few emails out I'm really lucky well my old boss at Skyline he mentioned to iLab that I was keen uh, to go okay. overseas yeah and yeah and so yeah just started chatting started the conversation and then yeah just talked about what I wanted to do and they yeah they were just super happy to get on board um, I think they come from like uh, motorbikes mm-hmm. and they've been like um, more of a high street like fashion brand and uh-huh. they've just started making these bike clothes and bike like biking apparel that's on like it's so good they're just keen to learn and like just keep progressing yeah so I think it's like 
quite a nice um, situation to be in where I can help them and give feedback on stuff and they can help me try and get overseas and then we can both like make something that's really good. Yeah. Um, and then Nookproof. So actually when I met Rob from Nookproof, um, the f- it was actually at Mega Avalanche. Uh, okay. Like years and years ago, I was standing at the top with a bunch of the girls and we're trying to like warm up because it's really cold up there. (laughs) It's brutal at the start of that race. I didn't realise we'd be up there from like six in the morning till like when we had to drop, it was like three hours just standing up there, just getting real chilly and like looking at what we had to ride and questioning what we were doing. (laughs) So yeah, the other girls kind of made it really fun and we were trying to heat up and then um, Rob offered to take our jackets and Mm. we were hiding behind this little like wooden hut and we're just like getting the crack or whatever. And he was making us laugh. Um, and yeah, before we dropped in, he took our jackets down and I managed to get them back, which was super helpful. Yeah. So, and I didn't, I don't think I met him again after, like, yeah, I think that was the only time I met him. And then I emailed Nukeproof and he replied to me and he was uh, like, oh, okay. we've actually met before yeah. at the top of Mega Avalanche. And yeah, I had a good yarn with him. And he was like, yeah, I was just saying I want to get overseas. And he said that he'd like love to help. And uh, yeah, it's kind of progressed from there. <laughs> nice. How yeah. random meeting at the top of a glacier can turn into like future opportunities. It's cooler. Yeah, it's just nice. I think the whole bike community is like that. Yeah. yeah. You just start talking to people and then see how you can help each other. And it's really supportive. Sure. So yeah. yeah, I got really lucky. And yeah, so Nook Proof's been, yeah, it's a really cool brand. It was actually the first downhill bike I ever had. Okay. So I bought it off. Alistair McLennan, he's one of the local guys in Fort William. Yeah. I bought his son's old bike and it was like this like nukeproof scalp that was like weighed a ton. <laughs> and I'd like try and ride it down the downhill track and just like, yeah, if I crashed it'd be like such an effort to try and get my bike back on. <laughs> and like, yeah, it was good though. It, indestructible. Yes. Solid so, bits of kit then. Yeah, sure. from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so good stuff. I kinda had a place in my heart for like nukeproofs, which was cool. Yeah. It's come back around. It's cool. Yeah. So, so those brands have been helping me get over here. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few other, like other ones as well. Yeah, yeah. So Ride Wrap and Bluegrass. Okay. Um, nice. Yeah. I've started chatting to them and yeah, to be honest, it's all new, like the business side of things and being confident as well. Uh-huh. I think I just, um, I love talking to people, but even like podcasts and cameras and stuff is like, uh-huh. yeah, quite intense. Uh, okay. So I'm trying to work on that. Um, and at events and stuff, trying to talk to the media has been, yeah, a good challenge to set myself and uh, send emails and be like organized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of, you're putting yourself out there, I guess, to try and yeah. not only to make those contacts, but to improve how that feels to you. If it's, if it's a, yeah, something you find yeah ter- <laughs> terrifying is maybe not the right word, but like a challenge. Yeah, like you know that feeling of doing something scary on your jump on your bike yeah yeah <laughs> it's like um yeah you get a good feeling from that I'm trying to do something that kind of scares me in person so it's good <laughs> well here's well got the, you got your today's uh scary thing ticked off where yeah we're going success. Right. <laughs> good stuff so yeah you've got you've got these brands behind you and you mentioned earlier like a bit of a uh you found it hard to find women online from like an inspiration point of view when you're getting into riding and it feels like you've you've remembered that and you're trying to change that and putting a lot of focus on that and you've you've been heavily involved with a few events certainly over in in New Zealand the first one I think that that I saw was the Mont Royal um thing what was that called now future ground was it yeah tell us a little bit about that because were you were you quite involved in pulling that together um I can't take credit for it okay (laughs) but I was um yeah definitely part of it Mm -hmm. so yeah when I started talking to Montreal we were taught we discussed like doing a few women's ride outs and try and like I don't know gain some momentum with that kind of thing um and I was trying backflips in at Winyard and they, um, yeah, Hamish from Mons got really excited and he like messaged me and was like, oh, we should totally like do something with this. Uh-huh. And like, he saw that there were some people like, yeah, kind of getting behind it. And so, yeah, that created the idea for Future Ground. So yeah, which is, it was a women's camp for like, uh, for 10 riders, I think it was mm-hmm. just to try and get some progression and get some kind of social media around it and like just grow the space. So more women could kind of see what's out there and 
yeah and just help support each other yeah. so yeah it was really good and I'd never done anything like that before so it was I was gonna cool. say it was the first time you'd been at like an event in that sort of that start right yeah just like kind of getting involved in the idea of it and then watching it like kind of actually happen yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah there was loads of people behind the scenes who were like kind of like or did the logistics of okay. it yeah which was cool um but I'd only ever been to one all women's event before that so it was like the air maidens event and uh, okay. uh, it was actually here yeah I think it was like Glen Tress or Innerleithen um did you backflip onto an airbag I'm sure I remember a video of that yeah, I did it onto some wood actually. Ah, that was it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was the f- yeah that was the first one, the first backflip I did to okay. like an on an actual like jump. Yeah. Um, and it was Lynn Armstrong who mm-hmm. organised the women's event. But to be honest, I just like again, I kind of got like taken by some friends. They were like, "We're gonna go to this. Like, you should come." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm keen." And then um, didn't really know about women's events that much. And then left feeling like really inspired because the atmosphere was so cool and everyone uh-huh. was so supportive. So I kind of realized their place and how helpful they could be. Yeah. And just, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. They're just, yeah, they're just something else. I think a lot of people maybe need a little bit of comfort to mm-hmm. um, progress. And sometimes it's a bit intimidating. Yeah. So the women's events kind of bring people on to the point where you can kind of like progress by yourself which is nice yeah they seem to be i get the impression they're very supportive like i saw a lot of the coverage of the evolve jam yeah. revs and the like the vibe that just came across in the social media i've said it on a podcast episode before i've got like Esteban, like just seemed really like welcoming and i don't know there's there's a different vibe to events where there's where there's everyone involved yeah. for some reason and i can't quite put my finger on it but yeah i'm trying to understand it too um, but yeah, there is something about them yeah. and it's hard to explain without actually going to one because yeah. I didn't really understand it before I went to the Air Maidens and then, um, yeah. And then we tried basically just tried to recreate, recreate that in New Zealand mm-hmm. and then, yeah. And then saw like stuff from formation and, um, yeah, that was super inspiring and seeing that like you can get so many girls together from so many different backgrounds and like make so much like. Yeah, I don't know, just, yeah, make so many connections, I guess. It just brings the whole community together and, like, yeah. brings everyone up. So then iLab did a weekend as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, the all-time ride camp. So, yes, the difference was, um, so Future Ground was just invite only, mm-hmm. which I think it kind of had to be. But then the iLab weekend was just anyone can come it doesn't cost anything. You just turn up and we're going to put all these events on. So nice. I think that's got like a really good like future um, because it can only get bigger and better and it's mm-hmm. really accessible as well. So I feel like a lot of it's, I mean, some people get put off by events anyway, so maybe a little bit intimidated, but if there's no like money aspect yeah. and there's no commitment aspect, then it's just like, it's cruisy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just easy kind of to, to turn up and then, yeah, yeah, and figure out that it's really good. What was the turnout like for that then? It was pretty big, right? Yeah, I can't actually remember numbers because uh-huh. we did like a shuttle day on Friday and then we did some, um, we did like a jump jam and we did, there was a women's enduro on at the same time okay. on the Saturday, which was really cool. So a lot of us did that, um, which is the Queenstown, like the Dirt Town Queens. I don't know if okay. you've heard of them. No, I don't know that. Um, so they're like a women's group um, based in Queenstown, which have been around for forever. So yeah, they just do like weekly rides and stuff. But the last two years they've done a women's enduro and the numbers have just got like huge. So yeah, cool. it's pretty nice. Um, yeah, but for different stuff, there was different people. So everyone yeah. just kind of like cruised around, which was cool. Nice. And we had like a bit of a party. Stuff. Yeah. What yeah. was the feedback from people that attended? that event like was it was it cool from your perspective to be able to chat to all these people and yeah it was nice I met girls who like I mean I've never seen before but they lived in Queenstown uh-huh. and they rode bikes so and Queenstown's quite small too so I think it just brings people together mm-hmm. and uh we got the airbag running as well and like I was like five or six girls hit the airbag for the first time <laughs> nice. which is pretty cool because <laughs> it's pretty it's kind of intimidating it's like a really big takeoff and like um yeah, I guess it takes a 
yeah, it was just a good environment to yeah. kind of push yourself and have a bit of friendly advice, but there was no pressure. Yeah. It so. must be nice to see other riders progressing as well, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. I had the best weekend. <laughs> cool. So do you see a bit of a future for yourself in like helping put together events like that? Is that something you like to be involved in? Yeah, I've been really inspired by formation. Yeah, okay. Well, let's yeah, let's talk a bit about formation, right? So you talked you've mentioned you wanted to get overseas this year, but was was an invite to formation like in your head was that part of the plan um I was pretty last minute to be honest um I planned to come over and do a bit of racing uh-huh. um with Nuke Proof and iLab um and the first stop was going to be the World Cup because I haven't been home in like three years because mm-hmm. of Covid so I was going to fly into Fort William early hang out with family and stuff and then do some racing yeah and then uh yeah I think um I got this out of the blue invite to formation and I just couldn't say no. So That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I just, how how does that get like who gets in touch? How does that all come together? Um I just I just got an email but I think I did ask around so I asked some of the other girls and like I was like I'm assuming someone put my name forwards for it but I think they've got uh they take into consideration the other women who have been con- like they're not, not not competing but um taking part. Yeah. But they've actually got a panel of women who um, help like run the event and uh, they make the decision. So okay. I think they must have seen me on social media or, or um, kind of friends of friends who kind of could vouch for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was really pumped to get the invite um, and a bit intimidated by the terrain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first time in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, um, my second time in America, but first time in the desert. Yeah. Um, and we turned up. And it was way bigger than I could have anticipated. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It's like, um, it's one of the old Rampage sites. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2015 Rampage. I might have to double check that. Do you have to do fact checks on this? Or? You're all good. You're we'll, right? just, we'll make just make it up. Make it's it up. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think 2015 it was 100%, for sure. Definitely yeah. 2015. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... There was like the remnants of old lines there, okay. but we did like a walk up there and they kind of like give you a few hours to pick where you want to come down. Uh-huh. Um, do you get given a dig team like how, or do you have to take people with you? Or So when you get the invite, you have the option to bring a digger uh-huh. and then they do have like some people there to help. Okay. So who kind of float around. Um, but I, my friend Jake came, who's Australian. Okay. So I was like, he's going to be used to the heat. <laughs> And he's a full-time chill digger as well. So right. he's, um, yeah, he's really cool. And uh, he flew across with me and we went to, where did we fly? We flew into Denver and then like stopped at Woodward. Mm-hmm. It was one of the places I've always wanted to ride. So yeah, check that out. And then Sweet. That's the big the like skate park and dirt jumps. And yeah, it was really sick. It was like a playground for adults. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember that from skateboard videos and BMX videos back in the day. That must have been a good experience. Yeah, the skateboarding section was huge. It was like, I wish I could skateboard. I actually think it's super gnarly. <laughs> it's hard, really hard. Eh? Yeah. They make stuff look easy, but it's... It's not in and any the, way. The slams as well. Yeah. Oh man. But they've got um, a really cool facility there. So there's like um, like foam pit, resi ramp, like pump track kind of thing, and like uh-huh. stuff outside too. It's yeah, it was pretty nice. And then yeah, and then we got to yeah Utah, and it was it's actually meant to be like they were saying it's not that hot compared to how it was at like previous formations uh-huh. and stuff, but. Uh, it was pretty hot for me. I was going to say, it's not Fort William temperatures, is it? <laughs> nah, I feel way more comfortable when it's cold. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, even, yeah. so we hiked up um, this hill slash mountain and started looking at all these ridges and stuff. And like the top, when we did the walk, it was a little bit breezy. And we came out onto the way you should, like, you can start anywhere on the hill. Uh-huh. Like it's optional, but ideally I wanted to do like a top to bottom run yeah. and yeah, just get into the, where we were going to ride our bikes down had to like kind of hold the ground and be like, Oh, it's a little bit like, um, high up here. Wow. Yeah. The exposure is like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever ridden anywhere that's been exposed. So that was like a huge, like learning curve but um yeah within a few days hiking around I was like sweet I'll just carry some tools up here and like up the ridge and and then obviously we had to carry like the bikes up and stuff Uh and yeah it just became like a lot more normal so yeah it definitely got easier (laughs) but um yeah we picked a line and I've like knew I'd feel more comfortable on some of the more technical stuff 
Um, so yeah, I kind of stuck to that for my line okay. and then did a few jumps at the bottom. So yeah. kind of like mixed it up a little bit, but, um, it was, it's a really cool format. Um, formation does it. So it's not a competition. Mm. Um, and you can only ride for three years and then you become a mentor and there'll be uh, more spaces okay. for other women to come in. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really stoked on that. Oh, so does that mean you get, you basically get an automatic invite for the next two years or how do you know how that works? I don't know. Okay. I feel like I'm hoping I get invited back next year. <laughs> you obviously had a good time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was so much fun just hanging out with all the other girls as well. They're people that I look up to, but uh-huh. then we got to ride and help each other and it was just a really nice environment. Yeah. Cause so, did you know many of the others before you went? Me and Vinny, so, oh, and yeah, we actually know a bunch because Queenstown has attracted, like, so many professionals, uh-huh. like, uh, Robin uh, Gooms yeah, yeah. Um, is so cool, um, she's been hanging out in Queenstown, and has as well, uh-huh. do you know, she's Australian, yeah, she's been there too, and Casey Brown, okay, um, who else has it been? And Vinny's local and like me and her have known each other for a few years. So yeah, yeah so oh, I nice. actually felt quite nice going away, but I knew a bunch of them already. Yeah. So yeah, and Vaya, I met a few at Crankworks. Okay, yeah. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch that I've never met before either. And a lot of them have been in the desert before. So they kind of like helped me come to terms with what, like how to dig and uh-huh. like what to do and like the lines. Um, but yeah, there was 12 of us and we had to like pick a line off the hill. So I ended up that there was um, some of the lines got shared or at least some of the features, yeah. which was cool. Cause then you can, I felt like I got really lucky cause I shared part of my line with Cammy, mm-hmm. um, and she's done formation, I think two or three times. So she had heaps of experience, but she was also like, I got to learn from her cause we shared like our double drop together okay, and our yeah. jump afterwards. Um, so it was quite nice. And then I shared a bit with Finn, Finney as well. Um, and she, that's her third year as well. So she went to a mentor, mentorship role, mm-hmm. I think next year. Awesome. So it was nice to be there for her like final year before, like I start doing formation and yeah. there's kind of like a bit of a Passover bit. That's really cool. Yeah. What was it like then? Like piecing the line together and getting it ticked off? Cause the, I mean, the terrain, like you say, I've only ever seen it in pictures and it looks gnarly as, so I can imagine in real life it's. 10 times gnarlier than it looks yeah it's one of those things on videos because i've seen rampage on tv heaps and i get like a little bit nervous for them when i'm watching and then we rewatched some of the rampage um <laughs> years whilst we were there and i had like a whole new respect for um all the riders up there um which was cool but it's um it was a cool feeling because you do three days digging a day's rest and then three days testing and riding uh-huh. um but yeah, I've done a whole bunch of digging in the bike park, but um, the terrain is so different. The dirt's like really light, so it's easy to move around, but you need so much water to make it hard. Yeah. So we ended up hiking up heaps of water f- to the top section. Um, but Jake's a bit of a machine, so he was actually <laughs> like, uh, he definitely like, yeah, he works so hard and like, um, and he's a massive chiller as well. So I just thought he'd be the best person to take because he's so relaxing <laughs> yeah nice so imagine the pressure starts to ramp up when it's coming towards riding it right yeah I think and because it's not a competition I was like that's oh, gonna be sweet it's not like yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't be too much pressure but then they have so much media around mm-hmm. so it was quite um a good um yeah like quite a, I don't know I think it was like there wasn't any pressure because you can just say when you want to drop. There's no like you need to go right now, but there's kind of like you have to tell everyone when you're about to go so they can make sure the line's clear. So yeah. then suddenly everyone stops and everyone turns and looks at you and they get the drones up and then they like, it could be like I was trying something for the first time and you just have to turn around and tell everyone that you're going to drop and do it. So everyone's <laughs> like, is she going to do it? Like, is she going to make it? <laughs> and wow. Yeah. So I think it was good. Um, yeah, it was a really cool event and really like a good challenge. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was nice. I feel like I progressed heaps. I was going to say a big progression, yeah. Yeah. And even just um, having confidence in yourself, like what you can ride from going there at the start of the week to being like, this is pretty steep. And I don't know, like where we're going to go down to, I think like by the end, um, I can see what's possible now. 
So for next year, I think it's going to go even like even bigger. Does it? Does that change what you might seek when you go riding like through the rest of the year? Do you know what I mean? Are you going? Does it open doors to what is possible in your mind? Yeah, I think the yeah from chatting to Casey and stuff like I could go do like a lot of the girls have their own events now. Yeah. So Hannah invited me to Hang Time and uh, Casey to Dark Horse. So they're really cool. And then there's Proven Grounds as well. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely opens up the the calendar for free ride events but you probably know this it's like so hectic I can't believe how many events actually <laughs> clash and like yeah ones in Europe and then ones in like North America like the next week it's like um I'm definitely keen to do more free ride yeah um yeah it's such a good vibe and uh it's got me really excited to go back to Queenstown and see what we can create because I feel like you get so much confidence from digging something and then riding it. Cause I dig, yeah, I used to dig in the bike park, but I never like, I didn't, I kind of shied away from like shaping lips and stuff Okay. because I just like, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so I just, um, and the guys are so good in the bike park. They have so much experience. Uh-huh. So I just stick to some other things. Whereas now I actually really want to build some jumps and ride them. And also, um, yeah, stuff that's exposed. Like you could build some huge features and now I kind of understand the process of going from like nothing on the, like the hill to you can picture what's possible and yeah, like yeah. how it all work. So I think it's just the beginning. And that's what Katie Holden's done is like brought loads of people together and just, yeah, it's only going to get better and better, I reckon. For so, sure. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like a really good environment that Katie and the team have been able to create to like, like you say, to just make you think differently in a way, give you confidence to go away from that event and and put that into place in other parts of the world. And that's super cool. Yeah. And heaps, even heaps of the diggers that were there are so talented. Like I think next year there'll be a, like a bunch of new faces as well from loads of different places. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. But free ride is just kind of one part of your like program for the year. You've You've kind of taken quite a lot on you've got a busy calendar coming up so you've yeah well Fort William you flew pretty much from formation straight to Fort William World Cup right it ended up being really tight (laughs) yeah I didn't I kind of like couldn't say no but I didn't realize how tight it was going to be um and then trying to fit in seeing everyone back home and stuff as well and your Um, first ever World Cup downhill yeah my first one so no pressure nah (laughs) nah it was kind of I think formation was good preparation actually because of all the social media in your like around you yeah and all the interviews and stuff that was kind of good okay nice um but yeah I think Fort William was yeah it was awesome (laughs) I am I didn't get a clear one in qualifying so I, I didn't actually qualify okay but everything around the event was awesome so like just the whole like walking the track and um, seeing all the other riders go down and like trying to work it all out. It was something that has always been on my list to do. So yeah, that was cool. Cool to do in your hometown as well. Yeah. I, all the way down my quarry run, I could hear people shouting my name <laughs> like every corner, like it was crazy. And that was just qualifying. Like I can't imagine like, yeah, race runs, <laughs> but um, yeah, I was a bit guided at the time Um but I think I just need to be louder and shout more. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, so you got hold, you got held up behind another rider, right? Yeah, but I don't think she. she there was nothing she could do because yeah. it was so loud with everyone shouting that she couldn't. I was just catching her in the woods, uh-huh. um, and then she just decided not to do the road gap, so oh, she stopped no. on it, and I just couldn't get past it. But um, the UCI has rules, so if you get a red flag, then you get a rerun. But yeah. if there's no red flag, then they said there's nothing they can do. Uh, no way. Yeah, so it's just another learning experience. <laughs> yeah, really. that's fair. But yeah. World Cup down or something, you're keen to get more involved with. Yeah, I some yeah, I think it's just um, yeah, it's such a cool environment to be in and pushing yourself like just for that one run is like trying to manage your like your whole weekend and stuff will be like really good racecraft yeah. for not just the world cup for, but for everything else. Yeah. I am, um, I wasn't actually going to do Leo gang, but I've decided that I'm going to do it now because <laughs> I really want to qualify. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm heading to Austria after this weekend at Innerleafen. Uh-huh. Um, and then I was always going to do crankworks. So it ties in quite well going Leo gang and then it's pretty close to Innsbruck. Yeah. So yeah. Wicked. Um, and then, yeah, it's pretty much a race weekend every weekend from now 
Yeah, so you're doing so, some EWS as well, right? We're here in the Tweed Valley this weekend mm-hmm. and you're part of the Nukeproof SRAM team for that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are legends. I just met all the SRAM people <laughs> on the weekend and yeah, they've been explaining to me how suspension works. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's been so helpful. Um, I've never had this much support before, so I'm actually like learning heaps. Um, and they're going to be, a lot of the guys are doing the full EWS tour, but I'm going to do, Dan and I are going to do Interlethen and Val de Fassa. Uh-huh. So, and then, but because there's this weekend, Leo Gang, Crankworks, then it goes Val de Fassa and then Meg Avalanche. Okay. Like the whole team's going to Meg Avalanche as well. Nice. So that'll be nice. Yeah. And then... What's after that? Is it Lenzerheide and then Andorra? I think mm-hmm. um, there's a wee bit yeah, of a gap yeah, yeah. and then them. Yeah. yeah, so it's pretty hectic. And then off to Whistler for Crankworks. So <laughs> No messing. Nah, I was just, yeah, I think the COVID and being stuck in New Zealand for a few years has really like fired everyone up for like heaps of racing. So I'm pretty keen and yeah. Dan's keen. And then, yeah, we'll just, yeah, just get it done <laughs> do you have like a priority within all that because you're, you're kind of touching into ews world cup downhill and free ride which i can't think of any other women doing that at the moment which is super cool in itself but like wh- where why are you going at all three is it like what's is there a priority uh well originally i was just gonna do crankworks um because uh, whilst I was in New Zealand, they had Crankworks Rotorua and then the summer series. Yeah. Um, and I did that and I had the best time. It was so much fun. And I got to meet all the other girls. So I was like, man, this is cool. I'm going to just do everything I can to like go to the rest of the rounds and yeah. then end up back in New Zealand again. Um, and then once I started looking into the other events, I was like, I just can't give up <laughs> that kind of opportunity. Like it's so close. And like if I can afford it, then I should definitely do it. Yeah. Um, and it's a really good chance to like do all these big races and see what kind of puts a fire in my belly the most. Yeah. So I'm kind of like f- figuring out as well. Nice. <laughs> so. And are you, you pretty much self-funding this then? You obviously have some brand support, but like yeah. not kind of on a big salary and getting flown around the world by them. No. So Nick Proof and iLab are being so helpful and definitely like covering some of the costs. So yeah, um, hopefully... Yeah, I just, I'm going to go till I run out of money, I think, and then go back to New Zealand. Uh Um, And I quit my job like three weeks ago now, which was kind of a crazy feeling for like just that kind of uncertainty. Yeah. 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 But it's been, yeah, it's, you can't say no really. And then I'm sure like it's going to be a good year. For sure. What What are your hopes for the year then? Like what, what would you like to achieve? What would make the year a success in your mind? It's a good question. I want I want to qualify for a World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't want to be in the top 15 at the EWS. Uh-huh. So I think that would be like quite a challenge, but a good goal as well. Yeah. It's a strong field, eh? It is. And the same with the World Cup as well. It's top 15 that qualify. Yeah. So yeah, got a bit of a theme on the go. <laughs> yeah, like it. <laughs> and uh, they just... Uh, yeah, there's so many fast girls, but I feel like it's really good competition and a really good place to learn as uh-huh. well. So I think, yeah, that. And then Crankworks is, yeah, I didn't think, yeah, I think the the downhill and the dual slalom suit me at Crankworks. Um, but I'm actually most looking forward to the, like the pump track and the speed and style and stuff because it's something completely different like the gate starts and the smaller bikes and stuff so I'm looking forward to learning and seeing like how I can go with that Uh because there's um there's a new round in Australia as well so there's at least like four yeah there's a bigger series this year right yeah a lot bigger so it gives me a lot of time to like learn as we go so I feel like I'm I'm not too set on goals with crankworks i more just want to go and just learn as much as i can and then i just want to see some progression yeah. by the time i get back to new zealand Got you. so yeah i don't i feel like queen of crankworks is everyone's goal but i just want to kind of just progress and learn so sweet it sounds yeah. like a very fun year you've got ahead of you yeah i can't complain <laughs> <laughs> well good yeah. on you you put yourself in the position so it's e- super cool that you're uh 
rolling the dice and getting stuck into all these different events because it's it's intimidating taking on one new challenge right let alone three or four at the same time yeah yeah (laughs) i feel like kiwis have a really good attitude at stuff because they're so far away so they have to try so hard to like put themselves out there and it's yeah it's a really good environment to be in everyone's really relaxed there but like goes really hard yeah 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 so yeah nice it's good there have you been to New Zealand? I have, but only briefly and not with a bike. Yeah. So oh, you'll that have needs to. to change at some point. You need to come to Queenstown. Yeah, you're not the first person to say that today. So Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, when I left, everyone said that I wasn't going to come back. And I was like, no, no, I'm coming back in like a few months. Like, honestly, my flights are booked. Like, I'm. it's just a season and then I'll be back for a summer. Um, and I actually really wanted to do Crankworks. That was part of the reason why I was like, I'll just go after chatting to Tommy. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, I couldn't really afford to go on a trip just for crankworks it's going to be so expensive and i just be in and out yeah so i yeah i decided to go there for the summer and then yeah it turned into three years and yeah now it's like yeah i think it's become home right yeah it definitely the bike community there is really good and it does feel like home (laughs) it's just crazy it's so far away it's so similar to home but it's like the other side of the world yeah so yeah there's a lot of similarities very cool Mm -hmm. and we before we started talking about formation we were talking a little bit about like how important it is for you to be doing things for the women's scene like what what are your thoughts on that like do you have plans is it something you want to do more of like helping inspire other women and younger women bringing them through into the sport because it feels like something you've already done a decent chunk of but obviously something that kind of fires you up a bit as well yeah I feel like I'm in a really lucky position, so I need to like do as much as I can to help. <laughs> um, and they inspire me as well. Like people, like women getting into the sport, whatever level it is, is just like fires me up to ride my bike more. Uh-huh. So yeah, doing like helping out where I can is just like the least I could do. So yeah, I'm keen to do more women's camps and also get involved in other women's events so that I can kind of see what we can like that evolve camp in the UK looked incredible it did yeah it was huge attendance as well yeah massive yeah and yeah it's only getting bigger and bigger so I think the more women getting involved the more media the more like connections everyone's just getting brought up and we just get recognized and there's more support out there as well so like everyone just gets brought up Cool. Which is cool. What's the, what's the split like on the trails in Queenstown these days? Would you say like percentage male to female? Oh, so there is. When I left Fort William, there's there was women who rode and at the enduros and stuff. Um, but yeah, Queenstown was already on another level with uh-huh. the Dirt Town Queens. They'd done so much already. Like um, I don't know at the bike park. There is like I I can't I can't put numbers on it. I'd be full guessing. But yeah, when I. When I was lifting bikes, it was like a lot of, there was a lot of women coming yeah. through um, a lot more than most places I've seen. I was going to say, it strikes me as a place that's got a better balance than a lot of spots with, around the world. Yeah. And I, I think Dirt Town Queens, I think the local bike community helps. I'm not sure what else, like I, I like haven't sussed it out yet, yeah. but there's a lot of women like on bikes and, uh-huh. and yeah, I guess once that ball's rolling, it just like grows and grows and grows. Um, Yeah. I'm not sure. I feel like now there's, there was actually like a funny incident with my friends because the downtown Queens do like local rides, uh-huh. um, like every now and again. And, uh, two of my friends who are guys went to one yard, like the jump park yeah. and they just happened to turn up when one of the rides was on. There was like heaps of girls there for this ride. Um, and they actually got really intimidated and left, but then I was chatting to them, but I was like, they didn't say they're intimidated. I think they were just like, just fully blown away by how many women they were. Yeah. And they've never been outnumbered before. <laughs> must feel, yeah, there was shoes on the other foot, right? Yeah, it was crazy. And I was chatting away to them and I was like, oh, I guess that's what a lot of women feel like all the time. But it's not necessarily like a bad thing. I think it's just like something that we're going to get used to. Like, yeah, like having loads of women around and yeah. yeah. And that's uh, like often what it's like when, like I went to when you it would be loads of men, but I don't see it as like, loads of men I just see it's loads of friends yeah yeah but if you're getting into the sport I guess that could be quite off-putting for sure yeah so yeah just having like some building blocks to get to the point where it doesn't matter yeah yeah good stuff well we're getting close to the end of our time but we'll wrap up with uh the four questions that we ask a lot of people yeah um the first one of those 
is if our listeners had 150 pounds to spend to improve their performance on a bike what would you recommend they go spend it on Mm, it's not going to go very far, but flights to Queenstown. <laughs> well, yeah, you'd end up somewhere in Europe, I think. Yeah. If the flight doesn't get cancelled before you're supposed to take off, which yeah, seems cool. to be the current theme. Yeah, it seems pretty hectic right now, hey? It does, yeah. I'm glad I'm not going to an airport for another few weeks because it seems a bit mental. Yeah, I am. I got really close in America. I was like, I had a huge wait before getting on the flight. No way. Yeah, I thought I was going to miss it. And I was, I was there on time, but... Yeah, and I was by myself and yeah. I changed SIM cards so I didn't have any internet. So I was like, yeah, it's pretty stressed. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably not the best answer. Eh? Not flights to Queenstown, but flights to Queenstown if you can afford it. Okay. But yeah. um, uh, £150. Pounds. Mm, I like a good set of pedals. So I ride flat pedals yeah. everywhere and like... Um, yeah, I just tried the Sam Hill ones and this isn't like a, you should go buy them because, because they're nook proof or anything like that. To be fair, they are very good. They're so good, eh? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It blew my mind and I've been riding flat pedals since I started riding and I like, yeah, I just upgraded to them and I, yeah, I was blown away. So yeah. probably some good pedals because nice. you're just holding on with your hands and your feet. So it's probably a good investment. For sure. Are you yeah. racing flats for EWS downhill, the whole thing? Yep. Flat yeah. pedals win medals. Oh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was, like, there's actually funny because Dan's on flats as well. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Sam too. So, yeah, I don't know. I just rate them. I just uh, feel more comfortable on flats and, yeah, it kind of suits when you ride loads of different stuff. Yeah. You can just, like, ride to the shops or you could go ride some jumps or ride downhill. Just, like. Keeps it easy. Simple. Yeah. Morgan Shah took a pair of those pedals to third place last year, I think, so. There you go. Yeah. They're the ones. Yeah. Oh, was she second? Can't remember. Yeah. Either way, she shreds on them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fire. For sure. All right. Question two. If you could give some advice to your 16-year-old self, what advice would you give her? Uh, Just believe in yourself. And, yeah, riding bikes is definitely a legit, like, option and good use of your time. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to hear that because it doesn't feel like an option when you're 16, right? It feels like, it feels like a hobby. Yeah. Something you do for fun. It doesn't it, feel like there's a way that you could kind of make that more of a thing in your life. Like. Maybe study business and then you'll realize that, yeah, you can turn like mountain biking into like your career as well. Yeah, for sure. Good yeah. advice. Third question. If you could have a coaching session with anyone past or present, who would it be and what would you want to learn from them? Mm. so I know everyone says Sam Hill <laughs> and do. yeah I actually haven't met him but he's on well I'm on his team so <laughs> I don't know you're Maybe. on the same team yeah, yeah. and so yeah he it would be nice to line out to corner I feel like cornering would be something you can always pro- like progress on yeah and get better at so it's kind of yeah something but then hmm I don't know. I feel like that's the standard answer you get every time. There is quite a lot of Sam Hill answers to that question, which I understand. Like yeah, he is legend of the sport and an incredible rider that most people puzzle about how he does what he does. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. And Ben Caffro, uh, he actually owes me some coaching. Oh, well, there you so, go. So yeah, I won. I, I think I won an SDA or something, and there was a coaching voucher. That I got for Ben Caffro and then I left and it's, I don't even know where it is anymore, but. It might have expired. I don't know. I'll, he's probably busy racing World Cups. He did really well at the weekend. He did. So. And some pretty loud cheers as well. Yeah. I cheered cool. really loud as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair play. He's probably still cleaning that white kit to be fair. I don't know. I don't know why you do that to yourself. But yeah, I, I think that would be really cool to get some coaching from Ben, like. Yeah, um, here he's very good at what he does. I watched. Did you watch the videos he did for Pink Bike on like how to bike or whatever? They were really good. Yeah, that was a good like, um, yeah, an evening watch. Definitely, yeah, because I don't watch a lot of bike videos, but I watched pretty much every one of those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely felt like I learned stuff from those a lot from those. Yeah, because really it, it breaks them down so well. Yeah, yeah, I think he would be an awesome one to get coaching off as well if he's still doing coaching. I'm not sure, but I think he's bright. Probably pretty busy, but you never know. Tell him him he owes you. I'm going to message him. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Final question. What do you do every day that you feel benefits you? Um, 
I've just started stretching with Dan every okay. day. So that's going to help. We've got a little timer on the go and we've started like, yeah, just taking taking a minute just to sit down and do that. So nice. I've always said uh, I would stretch and I haven't. So, I'm the same, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard, it's, I think. It's not though, is it? It's really easy to do so and you simple. don't need very long, but it's very easy to find excuses to not do it. To not do it, yeah. I feel like that's a good one. And I just like saying hi like I just like talking to people so I just okay. try and talk to people every day and say hi and make someone else's day it's like a good way nice I yeah like it that's awesome and if people want to keep up to date with uh your crazy year of uh an insane amount of events and different races and, and bits and pieces where's the best place for them to follow you um just Instagram Louisiana on Instagram cool I'm that's- gonna try and keep up to date a bit more nice um yeah and post loads of stuff so wicked well i'll stick yeah. a link in the show notes so people can find that but yeah thanks so much for taking the time out of a busy week here in uh in the tweed valley i hope the race goes really well look forward to seeing how the rest of the year pans out for you and thanks for uh for pushing yourself and scaring yourself and sitting down and recording the <laughs> podcast i've really enjoyed it thank you for having me it's been really good and less painful than i thought <laughs> i wasn't sure what we were going to talk about bikes. i just yeah just bikes and things yeah, yeah. Thank you. Nice one. Thank you. That was awesome. Thanks. Cheers. All right. That's it for this episode with Louisiana. I hope you enjoyed listening. Massive thanks to Psychology for supporting the show. If you're looking for something unique and original to wear on the bike, then check out Psychology. High quality riding kit at incredible prices is made even better with their offer for downtime listeners of 20% off until the 5th of July. Head over to psychologygear.co.uk. That's psychology spelled C-Y-C-O-L-O-G-Y and use the code DOWNTIME20 at the checkout. That's DOWNTIME all uppercase followed by the number 20. Also, a big thank you to Wheel One Composites. If you're in the market for a set of carbon wheels from a brand that really does sweat the details to create a rim that's robust, high quality and rides like a dream, then you need to head over to wheel1composites.com now. As a downtime listener, you can get 15% off any wheel sets built with Onyx Vespa hubs and all rim-only products until the 31st of July by using the code VESPER15 at the checkout over on wheel1composites.com. That's V-E-S-P-E-R-1-5, all uppercase, over at wheel1composites.com. Here's a few other links that might be useful to you. Downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch. And forward slash EP if you'd like to subscribe or get a copy of EP1 or EP2, our lovely print project. As always, spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for now. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride. <laughs>